Welcome to On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 110 of the 30th of June, 2009. How are you doing, James? Ian, I am just fine. And are you enjoying this beautiful sunny weather? It's great looking out of the window, isn't it? <laughs> well, we see, I cycled to work this morning um, wow. on, a, on one of those normal bikes that don't right. have, you know, electric motors and batteries and stuff. And uh-huh. and that was, uh, it was quite warm doing that, but uh, I've had How far is it? Uh, from my place, it's about 14 kilometers, which is... That's not too bad, is it? Not too bad. 10 miles? A bit yeah, under 10, 10 miles. miles. Yeah. Not bad. Well, I'm, I'm looking to do the big... It's about 19 miles tomorrow. That's the big plan. Um, I think I've changed my route a bit because I went all the little country lanes are a bit dodgy. It's bad enough driving in a car, to be honest. <laughs> I so I think imagine. on a bike, I'd just be sort of roadkill. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be trying your go cycle, is that right? Indeed. Indeed. Well, I, did some, button. I did some quite long rides at the weekend. I did like 15, 16 mile rides. All right. Um, How did it go? Okay. Did it run out of juice? No, 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 no. It's more actually adjusting the way you sit on the bike so you don't get aches right. and pains. You know, if you do quite a long ride, so I've been um, finding out how to get the pedal set up and there's okay. lots of adjustments you can make. So cool. hopefully we'll be okay. Um, Excellent. Ask me next week. <laughs> <laughs> or have a seance to discover what I'm doing in the afterlife. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, so lots to talk about. This now. is not a cycling <laughs> show, is it? Let's no, move on. No, no. Although we do talk about uh, wacky stuff to do with technology yes. uh, on the couch here. This is episode number 110. Indeed. And we normally cover stuff to do with broadcast and entertainment uh, yep. technology. So we're covering business news, technology news, stuff to do with delivering content. Mobile, and which is always about iPhones, seemingly. And then uh, gaming and other stuff, if there is any other stuff. stuff. Exactly. But, uh, we shall see. So we better kick off. Loads of news. It's been a while since our uh, last recording mm-hmm. due to various travel things we've been on about. But um, so um, <coughs> business-wise, um, Canal Plus, the one of Europe's largest uh, broadcasters, has mm. and pay TV operators indeed actually they make lots of movies, has started offering quite innovatively weekend-only subscriptions, which is, is really smart, I reckon, because uh, quite often you get home mm. on a Friday night and you feel like watching some movies or something and. Uh, if you haven't actually subscribed, then it's kind of like a bit of a hassle. And uh, but if you had a weekend-only subscription, I think that's uh, that's all right. I could. Yeah, I, could go I mean, for it's, they're obviously being quite innovative because I think yesterday they just announced as well that they're uh, launching um, catch-up and pay services on the Xbox 360. Um, ah, right. Obviously, wow. it's principally French language, so not of interest to kind of um, mm-hmm. everyone. But um, obviously, they're they're showing that the need to innovate as there's more competition for. Yeah, uh, content really, I suppose. Fantastic. Um, so that's uh, quite interesting, and we'll see how that works. I think the subscription is a little less than half for the weekend, mm-hmm. something like that. So it's still so it's quite profitable. Three days, but yeah. uh, I don't know how they work with that out on a. Um, it must be very difficult to negotiate the content rights to say actually we want mm-hmm. the content, but only at the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> so do you get a discount on what you're paying <laughs> per household? I, I would hope they do. But again, it's showing that their lawyers are able to push the, uh, mm, push the envelope there. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And I thought there was a hole in Canoe. 
<laughs> now, you've been in the US recently. What's, what's the skinny uh, on that? So Canoe's the organization that's working, uh, that, that was formed by a bunch of MSOs or cable operators to mm-hmm. uh, create new advertising opportunities. Uh, it's targeted, right? Uh, yeah, so it's all about targeted advertising. It's all about uh-huh. delivering the right advertising to the right people and then uh, so hopefully make it more relevant to them but also be able to increase the revenue for any particular ad because you're, you're targeting ads to the right people as opposed to, you know, the normal shotgun approach of advertising mm. where you send it to everybody and hope that the people are actually that are interested are actually watching at the time. Uh, so okay. the news here is that they're publishing um, some interfaces into uh, some technology interfaces actually uh, to enable uh, what's called ETV or EBIF, uh, mm-hmm. which is a standard that allows um, legacy boxes as well as as well as more modern boxes uh, to display interactive applications. Because that was the problem I'd heard about why Canoe hadn't been able to launch because there were just too many different sorts of boxes and, yeah, and that's, they couldn't roll out which I know is that you know that's the practicality I mean I could have told them about that when they came up with the idea but, <laughs> but in the case of uh, eBIF applications a lot mm. of legacy boxes have now been retrofitted with uh, interactive engines so that they can deliver uh, interactive apps to a wide variety of mm. um, cable but they still need the APIs as well as the presentation engine to enable to targeting I guess Absolutely. So mm. we'll see how that goes. They're, they're uh, delivering a bunch of standards later on this year that enables. Uh, I mean, you can imagine there's a lot of a lot of different technologies that need to work together here. You need the scheduling. You need to understand. You need to create the interactive apps in the first place. You need to make yeah. sure the right apps go out over the right ads. Uh, you need to be able to measure that the right apps went out over the right ads. Uh, and then you can actually get some more money from the advertisers mm. who presumably have seen. So hard enough to do if you had a greenfield environment, let alone retrofit into multiple zones, areas, targets, boxes. They haven't chosen an easy job, that's for sure. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Um, But I think it's it's a very adventurous thing to do in the US where if you can actually get uh, enough of these set-top boxes with this engine in it, then, you know, you've got a massive market there. I mean, that was always the promise of OCAP to be able to deliver uh, interactive apps to, you know, a, a common standard. Is um, EBIF part of OCAP? You're up on well, this it stuff. is actually now. Version 1.1 of OCAP. Or true two-way, I should say. Yeah, includes uh, the specification of the ETV or EBIF engine as well. So you can mm-hmm. run Java and you can run ETV apps. Uh, okay. So if you can run it on legacy boxes and you can run it on new boxes, then it's kind of like the lowest common denominator for all mm. boxes at that point. Mm. So well, let's, uh, cool. let's watch and see how that kind of rolls out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, quite how you've squeezed this into the technology thing, I don't know, but... Um, <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> well, we had to say something. Brings about down Jackson. Google. Uh, so Google had uh, some of their automated uh, systems kicked in and said, "Hang on a tick. Uh, it can't be true that everyone's interested in Michael Jackson. That must be that must be a bit of a virus or some sort of um, yeah. uh, denial of service attack." And as it, just, as it happens, it just turned out to be that everyone actually really wanted to know about Michael Jackson. So uh, I was just interested that uh, in terms of technology, the internet is. Uh, is perfectly fine until something really, um, I was going to say wacky, but that's the wrong wrong word probably, <laughs> something really popular happens uh, and we go from uh, all the systems being able to cope to AIM, the, the instant messaging mm-hmm. client went down for half an hour, uh, AOL. Twitter survived, right? Yep, it survived. A slowdown in performance, okay. <laughs> uh, Twitter went down for half an hour. 
Um, uh, Yahoo said they had uh, more clicks on any one story, the, the Michael Jackson rushed to hospital, uh, than they've ever had. They had 800,000 clicks in 10 minutes. Uh, so it's it's quite astonishing that mm. um, uh, when it comes to something that is happening in real time, uh, the web is. Do you think the you know the Michael yet. Jackson thing will be one of those kind of you know where were you when Michael Jackson died? Kind I of think thing? probably actually because you know I had tickets to the concerts and <laughs> it's not going to happen now. So uh, yeah, I think um, well certainly it taught a lot of people a lot of people about how uh, when they rely on technology. They can't uh, in the in the times when they actually need it the most. It isn't necessarily the most reliable. Mm. When I remember during the uh, the London London uh, tube bombings, when I was trying to get news on the internet, all the websites were just impossible to get to. Uh, yeah, and I guess what was the other thing when the when the weather was bad? Everyone, you know, all the the weather sites all died and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. I guess that's the you get a victim of your popularity. So uh, exactly, and nobody wants to build. Uh, data centers now they want to outsource them all so mm. that's the uh, and, uh, spread it out in the cloud but uh, yeah. mm. interesting good uh, good on you michael there we go um meanwhile Sorry. back in technology <laughs> um <laughs> so james you've got an apple tv yeah but i i haven't had a play with this yet i must admit mm. i have so i think i've hit the, the update button forward. but mm. my my missus keeps wanting to watch um Neighbours or something, so uh-huh. um, which she's got on perpetual record. So there's always something to watch while she's doing the. There's always something to watch at that point. Um, um. Yeah, so basically, Apple TV's got an update which allows you to use the iPhone or an iPod Touch as a sort mm-hmm. of gesture-based remote control. And I'm not sure this is whether you stroke the screen or whether you can actually flick the um, remote around with the accelerometer. Um, well, I get the impression you can actually move it around to. Uh Oh, no, it says touch, touch screen. It's touch, touch screen, screen gestures. gestures. I don't believe it's actually... Um, slightly disappointing, actually. I thought you actually kind of waved it around the... the no, room. I don't think it's quite... Oh, uh, okay. Quite wavy, wavy style but... Um, okay. Because there is sure. already an, a, a remote control application for the iPhone where you can Indeed, control yeah. iTunes or your Apple TV remotely and find out the songs and play them and so on. Yeah, yeah. And I think the new update for the Apple TV also lets you stream out to an Airport Express. You know, they've got audio output as well so you can okay, that's you cool. can hook it up to a, if you've got a different system somewhere else music system so you can uh, mm-hmm. you can choose how that goes out and it, I think it learns more remote control commands or something like that but uh, yeah I haven't really plugged in the old Apple TV for a while well I have but I haven't I think. Um, so moving on to Vodafone who are doing some Cool yeah, we talked about femtocells before and I've been mm. to some conferences about femtocells for those of you who don't know a femtocell Obviously, femto is a very small thing, and a femto mm-hmm. cell is essentially you putting a mobile phone gateway into your home, not like a decked one, but an actual 3G um, one. So right. what that does is backhauls your mobile phone data via your DSL or cable connection. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you're building a mini, you're putting a mini cell phone mast in your house, I suppose. Cool. Which some people might go, oh my god, protect the children. <laughs> um, but it, it's pretty low power, obviously, and it only supports up to, I think, four simultaneous users, four voice right. calls. Right. Um, and I don't think anyone else can use it. I think it's just people in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think you need like a meg- one, at least one megabit, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, uh, yeah, it's the first time these have actually come out. It's free if you're on a, a Vodafone contract. Right, that's great. Um, or five pounds otherwise. I mean, five pounds mm-hmm. is very cheap. So, But the idea here is that the users pay to deploy your network. 
But yeah, a, exactly. I mean, and and I have some some experience of this. I'm I have a T-Mobile oh, yeah, BlackBerry, yeah. uh, which has uh, Wi-Fi access and, and allows you to essentially create your own little femtocell with with Wi-Fi access and do mobile calls and text messages and so on. And that seamlessly roams directly to, between Wi-Fi and and mm-hmm. is it two G or three G? Uh, it's it's only two G, but okay. So it's, it's between GSM and Wi Fi. It'll seamlessly yeah. roam, yeah. And you can you can step out of a Wi Fi call and it'll pick up a, a mobile network and continue the calls if nothing's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it does work fine at home. Like I can actually make calls, yeah. do everything as normal at home. Uh, at here at work, uh, there's so much contention on the mobile on the uh, the mm. Wi Fi that uh, it, it's uh, pretty rubbish most of the time. But it, it does it does work. You know, I, I can. Uh, and so, in terms of the keeps your finance thing, guys happy, right? Exactly. So when I'm when I'm at least at home, I'm not actually roaming as such from the US. I'm as far as the mm-hmm. mobile network concerned, I'm actually in the US. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It is it is all about getting uh, getting the customers to uh, to pay for the expansion of your network. And whilst mm-hmm. I think that the functionality of this from T-Mobile is, T-Mobile is actually very cool, what I did find when I've done a pretty extensive amount of traveling in the US recently is that there's a lot of dead spots with T-Mobile. It's not, it doesn't have great coverage. Yeah. Uh, and I'd found that when my, my UK mobile would happily roam off T-Mobile and onto AT&T. Well, that's the thing when you're traveling, you, you always pick up something, don't you? It's only when yeah. you, you're on one particular network wherever you happen to live you know? yeah. and, and I mean typically because I you know as you know I live in the countryside mm-hmm. people tend to choose in fact Vodafone there because they've got the best coverage right but typically you know even if someone did put up a new not a new mast or new antenna mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. people probably wouldn't realize because they've already chosen Vodafone yeah exactly it's not as if you occasionally check one out and see what the coverage maps are like <laughs> no, um, that's true. although when it comes to a change in technology there might be an option I mean this might work for me Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, would I'm you up. would you change your provider if you could get a better access? I mean, that's the thing though. If you wander outside of your house, like down the road on driving to work or something, mm. you still kind of want it to work, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Vodafone happens to be you know the right kind of thing for where I am anyway. But uh, you know, I'm, my ISP lock in is mm-hmm. coming up for uh, mm. you know a look around at um, July time next in the next few weeks. So I'm up to sort of look around and see where I can get some different. Mm. DSL. I mean, I'm not tied to my. A lot of people, you know, have had like AOL email addresses, and it's like right. oh, I can't possibly leave AOL because I'll lose my email address. But then <laughs> get a life, get a cloud email address. You know, that's yeah. Um, anyway, people are moving. Right, um, more stuff. Uh, so tell with, me about this sugar on a stick. Yeah, what's, what's um, I thought this was quite interesting. Um, what's happened is, you know, we talked before about the one laptop per child or OLPC. Mm-hmm. Um, this one of the guys who was one of the original founders has taken the open source software um, right. from the, the, LPC the stuff that actually runs on the LPC. Which I think it's called yeah. Sugar. I think yeah. Uh, or he's called it. He's done a. Uh, he's founded a thing called Sugar Labs, and he's taken the user interface, which is called mm-hmm. Sugar, uh, and essentially he's ported it so it will. Uh, I guess any computer that can boot from a USB drive. Right. And like a five dollar, I guess you know, two gig stick or something, or one gig stick, mm-hmm. um, you can boot the computer and run Sugar on a stick, which is the Sugar uh, on a stick thing. And then you can, and it comes with all sorts of programs, read, write, paint, toys, all this kind of stuff. And so mm-hmm. you can bring life to an old computer or netbook, and uh, you can really kind of 
start OLPCing. I mean, I must admit, I've seen the OLPC interface. It didn't, wasn't immediately intuitive and there were no manuals, uh, but I haven't looked at it for a while. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's obviously masses and massive computers are thrown away each year, but if they could be used mm-hmm. um, for educational purposes or whatever, I think that's a, that's a good thing. So yeah, it's great. Sugar on a stick. Fantastic. It's absolutely the right thing to do, said Nicholas Negroponte. There we well, go. If, but, uh, I mean, the OLPC... Um, has fallen a bit short. I think only Peru is one of the, the largest scale mm. deployments. Um, but uh, well, I think that it was hijacked by the netbook, I suppose. But uh, Yeah, and really, the netbook really did kind of take over that, that space, really. Mm, mm. Um, what else? Before? I guess as we segue into content delivery, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you saw some reports recently about uh, HD DVD is more, more widely deployed than Blu-ray. In the US. Serious? Well, and th- there's lots of people saying that this has got to be completely I bogus. Thought, I thought Blu-ray was the new thing, you know. It's on well, the- I think what it is is because basically people don't know. They, you know, Blu-ray is a high-definition DVD, right? Right. Or if I've got a DVD player that upsamples oh, to HD, okay. then that's an right. HD DVD player. They didn't okay. really qualify the questions. and <laughs> you know, do you um, have a, They probably asked, do you have HD at home? And yeah, it's like, yeah, I got, got one of them. TV, I got yeah. a disc, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Never underestimate the uh, the difficulty of consumers to understand what's going on. I heard someone say, mm-hmm. you know, are you really going to trust... Most people, when they go to buy some uh, consumer electronics and they go in the high street, they trust the judgment of a, a spotty kid who uh, earns, mm-hmm. like, minimum wage yeah. to give them the advice. <laughs> <laughs> so, has this one got HD? Yeah, this has got HD, missus. It's got really? as much HD as you need. <laughs> yeah, or double HD. Super, super HD. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's just, again, people manipulating the specs. I mean, there's got to be mm-hmm. more Blu-ray players out there and people think they've got HD. We talked about this before. I think mm-hmm. people think they've got HD when they've got an HD set, but they're just upsampling SD, so they don't really yep. don't really understand. Mm-hmm. So, um, but talking of HD, uh, coming this Christmas in the UK, the terrestrial broadcast will, shock horror, start to be in HD. Um, not everywhere it must be said (laughs) that's right Uh, I mean in Australia they've had uh, HD on terrestrial for quite some time Uh, in fact even before there was television well that was part of the um, part of the 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 premise yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's good to see Freeview catching up now Freeview had taken a different tact in that instead of just having uh, the general free to airs plus HD versions they tried to pack as many different uh, channels in there as possible so when you get Freeview in the UK, you don't just get BBC One, Two, Three, Channel Five, Channel get, Four, and you, know, you don't get a simulcast of the normal stuff. You get extras. Yeah, you get a whole bunch of stuff. It's like twenty, thirty channels there. Uh, so there wasn't actually enough bandwidth to be able to do HD versions. But as as things get freed up from uh, from uh, the general terrestrial switch off, mm. although to be fair, I'm not sure whether this is linked to the terrestrial switch off. Well, it, it has to be, really, because they need the frequency, don't they? I would have thought um, so. Yeah. I'll see if I can check on that. I mean, um, the other thing is they're, they're using the new transmission standard DVB-T2, which has got a more... Mm. Uh, I guess it, it enables them to transmit more data over the same um, bandwidth. Yeah. But there's no, there aren't really many DVB-T2 tuners around at the moment. Well, there so, are. So this really is a new set-top box that you need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as well as using MPEG-4, so you're going to need uh, a box that can do MPEG-4. You can yeah, and I don't think the T2 tuner. tuners are going to be available until the first quarter of next year. So, uh, 
even if they're seen. transmitting it, it'll be, you know, mm. test transmissions. Mm. Um, so the boxes are going to be quite expensive to start with. Yeah, well, anything new is, I suppose. Mm. Um, but uh, no, okay. it's good to see. Um, that's cool. That's great because that means that uh, you can get... Means I, I presume that the PVRs will follow quickly after that, and you'll be. Well, able it's to get bound to be a PVR yeah. and pretty much at the same time. Yeah. yeah, you're probably right. So we'll get HD PVRs on Freeview, which is fabulous. Mm. More, I, uh, yeah. Maybe I'm. I'm still thinking of going that HD route for the old <laughs> television. <Ooh. laughs> but I mean, your BT, is your BT Vision box? Is that there? well? It, it's that it's it, the thing is, it's not DVB-T2. Oh, so it's not going to be able to do so it, is it? No, well, it can do box. MPEG-4, but it can't receive mm, terrestrials in HD. Uh, okay. I mean, that box now is a good four years old. Wow. It was, you know, two years in the warehouse, and then they started deploying them, so. Jeez, okay. Um, so, you know, you, you can't download hardware, that old adage. That's true. Um, right, so mobile. To, uh, mobile news. What is the big mobile news? Well, clearly... <laughs> Since the well, last recording, there has been an iPhone GS. And uh, bigger, smarter, faster. Have you, I had a little play with one in the shop. That's about as close mm-hmm. as I've got. Did it, did it seem faster to you? Um, maybe a little bit. I mean, the only physical difference you can see is obviously the compass part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it didn't work in the shop. It said there's something <laughs> nearby and you have to recalibrate by moving the phone in a figure of eight, but it didn't seem to work. <laughs> Um, that reminds me of a, a hire car that I had in the US recently that uh, if you pressed some of those buttons on the dash and you can go through some of the settings for the car and one of them was recalibrate compass, um, <laughs> which then, then told you to drive around in circles, <laughs> which I just thought was hilarious. So anyway, I presume it's the same thing with uh, with your 3GS having to yeah, calibrate Yeah, it's, well, it's more a figure of eight, but um, um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, iPhones out. They all the analysts get excited about. Is it are they sold too many? Not enough. They seem to have sold quite a few. They sold a million. That's not yeah, bad. Not any, bad. Any million of anything is great. And six yeah, million downloads of, um, version, of the new version three operating system. Indeed, I've got Which that I've, on my phone, so I've got. I've cut downloaded. And, you downloaded it. Yeah, and, cut uh, and pasting and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Cut and paste is great. Stuff. And um, searching is just. Oh, I can't believe they haven't done that before. It's great. Searching uh, stuff. A few of my apps didn't work, which was a bit annoying because not everyone's updated all their apps. Ah. Um, and uh, I, I was interested in the push functionality because uh, on the BlackBerry you can happily. Uh, have chat clients running in the background, have all sorts of everything running in the background, actually. That's your battery is drained. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although the batteries on the on the Blackberries are pretty huge, so they last they, they last pretty well. Mm. Um, so I was interested in how they, they were going to do this on the Apple. And I, I really struggled to find an actual program that did push stuff in the background. Uh, and I, the, the IM Plus chat client has finally come out with, with push support. And they've tripled the price to like £5.99. And I went, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do this for the purposes of research. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and funnily enough, you can log into just about everything in the universe from Facebook, Twitter, AIM, Google Talk, mm-hmm. um, uh, Yahoo, MSN, every known chat client in the world is pretty much supported of which I have quite a few of those. So by the time you've logged into all these, uh, you know, the, it, it's it's hard to find anyone that you actually want to chat to because there's three copies of them in different chat things. And do you talk to them on the Facebook chat or the AIM chat or the... Mm-hmm. Um, so do you know where they're coming from? Yeah, it tells you. It tells you which kind of technology they're, they're talking to you through, I guess. Okay. 
Um, but the push stuff is, you know, that works. Like uh, if someone sends me a message, then it'll pop up on the screen. So does that mean your status is always on on all of yeah, them? Yeah. So effectively what I think happens is because because the app's not actually running in the background on the mm-hmm. iPhone, uh, the IM, IM server at the background must maintain those connections for you. Yeah. And it generally maintains them for something like 12 hours after you exit the app. Right. The only difficulty is with um, the iPhone is because the app's not running in the background, you can read the message fine. It comes up on the screen, you know, mm-hmm. just on the normal kind of like uh, like the text messages come up on top of everything. Mm-hmm. But if you want to reply to it or something, then you have to go and load up the app, which takes some seconds. Uh, and so by the time you've actually loaded the app and got to replying, it's like, uh, okay, it's all just too hard. So Really? It doesn't um, take that long. You, you just need instant satisfaction. It can't take more than 20 <laughs> seconds or something. Well, it needs to happen in, in a few seconds. Like if I, hmm. uh, you know, by the time it kind of loads up and takes a few seconds and then gets to the right thing yeah. and takes a few seconds and connects in and then I, um, it's all over. I know, I'm slightly related. I loaded up... Um, I, I revisited my Twitter account recently. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, I saw you're following me. That's fabulous. And I kind of, yeah, I followed, I thought I'd follow you because you need to <laughs> you massage your ego a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I felt so much better after that. <laughs> because I've got a Vodafone iPhone mm-hmm. or Vodafone phone, um, suddenly I started getting like blow-by-blow accounts of someone who's following me, I think, that what cooking their dinner. <laughs> literally every 20 seconds I'm going ah and they're coming in on SMS which oh, is really that is push oh, because if you're on Vodafone you get uh, Twitter messages in the UK are pushed for free so wow there you go so I, inst- I thought how am I going to disable that <laughs> I didn't realise that yeah, well, well I did I'm going to have to post I, some interesting things to you I quickly un- I quickly unticked that option I can show you oh okay um, <laughs> I was like what is going on do I really need to know someone's chopping their onions I don't need to know that <laughs> Um, I, I don't know if we're the right generation to kind of get Twitter, actually, James. But um. <laughs> well, I mean, I could get it, but you know, mm-hmm. if I update my Facebook status once a week, that's good. So um, <laughs> that's probably enough. Yeah. yeah, that's enough. I don't really. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I should be focusing on chopping the onions, not typing with one <laughs> hand. And don't go there. Um, so that's iPhone right. push. That sounds quite. Uh, it's quite cool. It's quite cool. Quite a I don't challenge. think it's the, the right answer in the end. I think you still need background apps, but mm-hmm. uh, but I understand that is is actually quite a challenge. To, Have to you um, on on the gaming front um, played any games recently? Or no, I've been playing Fear Two, which is the the latest version of Fear, which we talked about some time ago that they were promoting Fear Two by uh, walking cats around. Oh London yes, with, yeah, yeah, with I remember Fear that. written on them or something. Um, and it's actually a seriously scary game. Like, is that is, on the Wii or must be? No, no, this is this is on PC. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's normal kind of um, you know run around shoot things kind of suspense game, kind of stuff. So. Yeah, the suspense. The the effects are really good. The music's really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of wandering down dark corridors, and suddenly these things jump out and scream at you. And uh, <laughs> oh, it, it's it's very good. Um, I must uh, have a go I, at the scary kind <laughs> of game like that. <laughs> it's good fun, but I have a pre- you know, propensity to to kind of jump when I'm scared. So uh, I have to make sure that um, there's no kind of cups of coffee or anything <laughs> around me when I'm playing. Well, I've done a bit of Wii tennis. Um, oh, yeah. Late night Wii tennis, playing doubles, but against yourself. 
I don't know if you... How does that work? Well, you play with two people, but you mix. You have one person on each side of the net, so you're playing with someone. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Which is late in the evening after you've had a few <laughs> drinks and <laughs> you're serving to yourself sometimes, but not the other times. <laughs> Needs uh-huh. some serious hand-brain <laughs> coordination. So I'd you know, give it a try if you haven't done that. It's quite amusing. Mm, that sounds cool. Um, but other than that, game-wise, I did fire up Unreal Tournament the other day, just have a quick... What's that, what's that about? That's one oh, it's one of these kind of, kind of deathmatch, catch the flag uh-huh. kind of things. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and the PlayStation uh, 3's had a few updates. Did we talk about the vid zone thing before? The the uh, no, that was quite cool. You can get um, it's probably the only video you can get on the PlayStation Network in the UK at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good live streaming, um, wow, cool. SD quality music videos. Um, nice. just in stereo not, not surround or something but uh, mm-hmm. quite a neat interface and literally you just tap the, the shoulder buttons and you can get new videos there's playlists there cool. actually not a bad service to catch up on the latest uh, moves and sounds moves and grooves so I'd recommend mm-hmm. you have a look at that if you haven't if you've got a PlayStation 3 and you're in the Sounds UK cool. sorry to be so parochial now you put a, a story here about the Logitech video yeah Logitech have um, launched a thing called Vid um, mm-hmm. Have a look at Logitech. You can see the vid site. Basically, it's like a video conferencing solution um, mm-hmm. which works with their cameras. And if it works with other cameras, but you it, you have to pay for it after a month or so, I think. But with Logitech mm-hmm. cameras, the Quick Cams brand, it works okay. And you think, you know, why does this, why do they need this? We've got Skype. But I think the argument here is that this makes it a lot easier. And Skype's got so many bells and, and whistles and things on mm-hmm. it. Uh, and most people don't have a hundred people on their list; they just have three or four. Mm, so this is they actually want to talk to you. exactly. So this makes it yeah. easier. I haven't had a go of it, I must admit, but uh, mm. it's interesting that you know, I downloaded on your recommendation. I downloaded it and got it running. Uh huh. Um, so if you're on it, we should try and see if we can see each other. Oh right, yeah. Um, it because uh, I've got a camera inbuilt in my laptop, oh, right. and it was happy to work with it. But it does say after thirty days you need to upgrade by buying a Logitech camera. <laughs> and there's the business flaw in this argument. Like I've got a camera in my laptop, I'm not going to. Well, I think they're arguing tools. that their camera's better. Well, they can argue a long time. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> but Skype is free. Exactly. Um, I must confess, with Skype, I use it more for chatting than I actually use it for calling. Yeah, video calling is a bit of a. I'm not sure it is is the most popular thing to do. The, to be honest, I mean the only thing I use Skype video calling for is to see my niece and nephews in Australia and you know kind of wave to them. Yeah, and um, it, I think it's better for people who are less comfortable with well certainly IMing. They're not typing and talking on the computer. Mm. You can see someone. It's a bit better because it's mm. it is clearly a different experience to speaking on the phone. If you've got even even speakerphones are a bit weird to be honest in a yeah, home environment. True, so. Um, very true. We will have to see. Okay. Um, well, I think we're kind of running out of news there, aren't we? Almost. I think we um, But if anyone's got any good so. stories or thinks we're talking complete rubbish, uh, do send us an email. Where do they send that email? Yep. Feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. And if you want to rate our music, our new intro music, do uh, let us yeah, know. Write a review on iTunes, good <laughs> or bad. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, and uh, so we'll... We- Get to you in Couch 111, is that? 111, indeed. Wow, that's quite a lot to All right, James, will you have a great week? I will do. And uh, stay cool. All right, I will. Bye. Bye.